friends, welcome. I'm Andrew Hicks, and you're listening to the Text and Context Podcast. All right, well, good morning again. Let me get turned on here. Boom, okay, we're good. Awesome, wonderful. Yeah, pray about that, and um, if you want to support what they do a little bit more. Good? Good? Too much? No? Good. Okay, cool. Uh, If you want to support what they do, please do. That's a wonderful ministry. Yeah. Water. So basic for everything, right? Wonderful. Um, So, real quick caveat before we begin. Uh, I'm starting a sermon series today. We're not just going to meander through Mark randomly anymore. We're going to have purpose now. Uh, So, but with that said, I have these little booklets that I made that, like, go along with the series. Um... I have them up here, so if you didn't get one, I can get one to you. But um, just want to make you aware of that. Uh, anyway, and I'll, I'll, they don't really um, – I'll use them more next week because uh, they'll have space for it. Because we're going to work our way through the Psalms of Ascents. The Psalms of Ascents. It's a little collection in the book of Psalms. We'll get to that. But first, I have a question. Just a hypothetical. I'm not asking you to bet any money on it. I'm just thinking out loud here. And think with me. You've heard you are what you eat. So if you are what you eat, could you also be what you listen to? Makes sense. I mean, music is a lot like food in that regard. It's just little bite-sized pieces, but they make us and shape us into who we are. And music does that. Music forms us into people. It makes us who we are. And sometimes it does it even whenever you would prefer that it didn't. For example, those little jingles on TV. They get stuck in your head. The earworms, we call them. Yeah. Does anybody have one that's just like immediately comes to mind when I say that? Yeah, which one comes to your mind? There used to be a dry cleaners in Austin that had this song, and it's, I still can sing it. <laughs> Do you want to sing it? No. Oh, okay. Fun of that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Good, good point. I don't pass on that. Absolutely. For me, there's one that's been on, so I've been watching some TV shows on Hulu, and Hulu does commercials. And there's one for this, like, like those little plastic trays that you put in your, they're not quite braces, but, like, they're the ones you put in there and they, like, straighten your teeth. And it's like, smile, direct club. It's so dumb. But I, and, and, in fact, what makes it even worse is in the commercial, the girl makes fun of the jingle. And she's like, oh, I love that song. And then she sings it like, Phew. And so now it's stuck in my head. But even though I don't want it there, it's there. And it's, to some extent, forming me. You know that's why these companies do that, right? right. They do it because it, it, it really does get in there and make it. Like I'm thinking about Smile Direct Club, and I'm like, well, maybe do my teeth need a little straightening? <laughs> I know I have braces, but maybe just maybe they could use a little touch-up. I don't know. It does that, though, right? It gets it snakes in there. It works into those intimate places in our hearts. And then here we will be just walking along, minding our own business, and then all of a sudden, boom! It comes to mind. Or, in a much more beautiful and less uh, advertising kind of way, I find myself singing the hymns that we sing in church on Sunday the rest of the week. You find yourselves doing that? Whether it's in the shower, or in the car, or while I'm making dinner, or while I'm changing diapers, or whatever. (laughs) But I just find myself singing those songs. And in fact, sometimes I'll sing a song, and then I'll hear Hannah singing the song, and then she hears me singing the song, and then it's like, wait, who started that? Who, who sung that first? It doesn't matter. It's in both of our heads already. Because music shapes us and forms us. That's why we spend so much of our time in church 
on music. If you are what you eat, I think you can also be what you listen to. You are what you listen to. The popular music streaming service, Spotify, have you heard of Spotify? Uh, we use Spotify. Their motto is, listening is everything. Listening is everything. Absolutely, listening is everything. And these days, there really is a playlist for everything. Have you noticed this? There's a playlist for everything. So for example, I picked a few out. I just, a casual internet search uh, for Spotify playlists. These are real, okay? Songs for when I meet an alien. <laughs> I don't know that it can get much better than that. I can't pick a font for my essay. <laughs> songs to sing in the shower, songs to sing in the car, songs to scream in the car with my besties, songs to cry alone in your room at 3 a.m. too. <laughs> Music for plants. <laughs> songs for when I'm eating gemstones in the museum gift shop. Now, I don't know if that's a euphemism for, like, drugs or something. I don't, I don't there are know. These little fake I know. Candies. Well, oh, they're candy. I don't, yeah. I don't think they're referring to candies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a drug. Ask the younger people. No, it's, it's literally like eating shiny rocks. They actually do? People actually do this? No. Hyper-specific Spotify playlists are mean and a joke. Okay, good. Oh, good, okay. They're making a joke. It's still crazy. But they're talking about the actual rocks. That's crazy. That's a thing. There's a playlist for that. Now more than ever, there's a playlist for that. Songs for when you realize you're wasting the best years of your life. Songs for when your mom is in the car. Very specific playlist. <laughs> and finally, trippy songs for when you're high. These are all real. And I'm telling you, I'm hitting the tip of the iceberg. I mean, thank you, Internet. There is seriously a playlist for everything. If you can dream a scenario, I bet you money there's a playlist for that out there somewhere on YouTube or Spotify or something. Because... It's the world we live in. There's so much availability in music. It's all out there. Playlist for everything. Listening is everything. Uh, did you know there's playlists in our Bible? Do you know this? Especially, and I'm thinking of the ones that are in that little old hymnal of Israel. We call it the Book of Psalms. And there's, there's actually playlists inside the Book of Psalms. Do you know this? So, for example, the last few songs of the Book of Psalms, 146 through 150, are you could call them the Hallelujah Psalms. Because all of them have to do with, like, begin and end with, hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise Yahweh. And it's kind of like the big finale for the book of Psalms, right? Of course, the hallelujah playlist is going to be the finale for the book of Psalms. Of course. So there's that one. There's, there's several. That, there, there's little strings by these Korahites. And, and so there's just these little playlists by the Korahites. Of course, there's tons by David. But what's really funny is in Psalm 72, verse 20, it says, the songs of David, son of Jesse, have ended. And then you keep reading, and there's more songs by David. So somebody who edited that, uh, I don't know. Or, he probably just had some stuff he was working on, then they published it posthumously. Right? Like, they still do, like, Elvis and Michael Jackson are still releasing music, but it's like, okay, they've been dead for a while. You know what I'm saying? It may be like that. David is... You know, releasing songs, it's, it's posthumously. But either way, David, I mean, he wrote some of the most popular songs in Israel, right? Uh, you have the kingship psalms. There, there's a little collection, 93 through 100, that all have to do with God being king. And so it, it's fun to kind of read the book of Psalms and look for these. Even the entire book of Psalms organizes itself into five books. Have you noticed this before? It, it'll say at the beginning, before Psalm 1, it says book 1. And then it'll go through and it'll say book 2. It has five books. And that's in the original, too. Five books.
books. It's like it's mimicking the Torah. It's the Torah to music. Torah the musical. It's what it, I mean, it's, it's a meditation on the Torah because saying A, B, C, and giving just abstract points is one thing, but whenever you can put it to music and you can think about it and you can meditate on it, that's something different. Maybe just maybe that's what all the book of Psalms is. Maybe that's what all of our music is supposed to do. Maybe it's supposed to be those things that get in our heads so that we sing them later, so that we're humming them to ourselves and we're meditating on God and his word. Music shapes us into who we are. But there's actually one playlist I haven't told you about in the book of Psalms, and it's my personal favorite, and it's the largest playlist in the book of Psalms, and it's called the Psalms of Ascents. So if you have a Bible, look with me, starting in Psalm 120. Psalm 120. So this comes right on the heels of Psalm 119. You know Psalm 119. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. Psalm 119 is a gargantuan psalm. I mean, it's a symphony. It is not a song. It's a symphony. And it is a symphony to, um, it's praising the ways that God instructs us by his word, by his Torah, and he leads us to better ways of life. It's beautiful. But then you get to Psalm 120. And it says, a song of ascents. Do you see that in there? And then if you just like flip through, you see like Psalm 121, song of ascents. 122, song of ascents of David. David contributed. <coughs> Posthumously, I guess. Uh, and then you have more. You have another one of David, 124. You have one of Solomon, 127. And you're going to see this. All of them will have it all the way through Psalm 134. And that's the last one. It says a song of ascents. And then it stops saying that. That's interesting. Song of ascents. And so you got to ask yourself, okay, where'd they get these from? Where'd they get these from? Because you know the, the beauty of a playlist is that rather than just um, taking one artist and one album, you can take music from all over the place, from multiple artists and multiple albums. So where did they get these from? The headings might just be the answer. This is the exception to the Bible, okay? This is the exception to the rule, because usually whenever you see a heading, it's not inspired. It's something your English editors of your translation have added in to help you organize it. So you know that if you've ever heard me preach before or teach Bible class, I'll say, do you have a heading there? And they'll say, yeah, and I'll say, ugh. Because they often put headings, I mean, they're, they're breaking it up into bite-sized pieces, right? I get it. But also sometimes they, they interrupt a train of thought. Like in, in the epistles of Paul, the whole thing is like one continuous thought. You start... Adding headings in certain places, it just it breaks the flow of thought. It's got a beauty to it and an elegance to it. Well, in the Psalms, the headings are in the original. Now, let me clarify what I mean. Look at Psalm 120. At the very top of Psalm 120, my Bible says, prayer for deliverance from slanderers. Does your Bible say something like that? No? You don't have any? What does your say? Flee for relief from bitter foes. Yeah, flee for relief from bitter foes. Anybody got something similar to that in there? Yeah? Prayer for victory over enemies. Yep. That's not the inspired part. That's what the English editors have added in. But then look immediately under that in smaller print. Do you see a song of ascents? Yeah. That's in the Hebrew. That's in the original. If you're talking to your Jewish friends and they open up their Bible and you say, excuse me, could you please read from Psalm 120 starting in verse 1? They would say, sure. And they would read it this way. A song of ascents. In my distress I cried to the Lord. Because it's part of verse 1 in Hebrew. It's in the original. And those little headings like that are always there. Okay, great. What are we ascending to? 
What are we supposed to be ascending to? Escalators? Probably not. Airplanes? No? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yeah, probably these are the songs that the pilgrims would sing as they made their way to Jerusalem three times every year. So a good observant Jew, a good observant Israelite, was required to come to Jerusalem to the temple three times every year for the festivals. And as they made their way to and from, these are the songs that they probably sang. It's a song of ascents. They're ascending to Jerusalem. They're ascending the steps up the temple into uh, the place of worship. These are the songs that they sang. This is the road trip mix. This is their road trip mix. They put in a cassette into their camel and start listening to it over their speakers. This is, this is the songs that they listened to, that they sang together as they made their way to Jerusalem. And it's interesting. There's 15 songs of ascents, right? Pretty good amount. That could occupy a little bit of time on the way there. And if you look at these songs, by the way, did you notice, just glancing through them, that some of these have some of the most memorable lines in Scripture that we all remember? And some of these are songs that we sing today to more modern music. Like, um, I lift up my eyes to the hill from where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Or had it not been the Lord who was on our side? You know that one. Yeah. Yes. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Happy is everyone who fears the Lord. I mean, some of the, and then Psalm 133, how very good and pleasant it is when kindred dwell together in unity. I mean, we know these. We've heard some of these. They were popular then and they're still popular now. Now, it's interesting. There's 15, right? So these are also not just songs they probably sang to and from. They're probably also songs they sang when they were there. So, you know, like, it's, it's kind of like we would compare it today because we don't really, you know, travel to Jerusalem to the temple because there's no temple there and we don't have to do that. But uh, we would uh, maybe compare it to traveling to a conference. Like uh, in the Churches of Christ, they used to have the Tulsa, Oklahoma workshop or Pepperdine Bible lectures. I just went to that a while back, right? It'd be like that. And, and you go there and you might start singing those songs preemptively because you're like, oh, man, we don't sing that song at my church, but I'm going to start singing it. And then we're going to get there. And I, once they do, it's going to be like, woo, it's my favorite song. You, you know the phenomenon. Um, I did that. Uh, yes, it's like that. And once they get there, these are their favorite songs. These is, this is Israel's hot top 15. OK, this, these are the most liked songs on Hebrew Spotify. OK, they love these. And one author said that if you opened up the book of uh, Israel's hymnal, there would be a page that was dog-eared, and it would be this section. They love this part. These are their favorite songs. And um, it's interesting. So it, let's imagine what it would be like to be there. They're making their pilgrimage to Jerusalem. They make it to the temple. What's the first thing they see? Steps leading up to the temple. And on those steps, the Levites performing music. Probably some of these songs and some others as well. They're singing these. And um, we actually know how many steps there were leading up to the temple. Does anyone know how many steps there were leading up to the temple? Fifteen. Oh, and it gets better. At the end of the service, after they'd already done the temple and at the end of the whole, the whole thing, the sacrifices and the, the whole big day, and, and they're going home back to their hotel for the night, and um, the priest who was presiding would come out onto the steps and would stretch his hands out over the people, and he would say a blessing. And you know this blessing. It comes from number six. You've heard it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. You know this one. You want to guess how many words that in Hebrew? In essence, what they're doing with these songs, it's a meditation 
on the Lord bless you and keep you in one sense. And in another sense, they're spiritual souvenirs. They're taking them home with them. Because, you know, they didn't have gift shops and they didn't have conference t-shirts. And, they, you know, they didn't have all that stuff. And plus, these songs, they're short. They're, they're easy to remember for the most part. I mean, I mean they're, even in Hebrew, they're clever. The, the way the words play off of each other, just like any good music is. They're spiritual souvenirs. They're bringing them home with them. Because these are the songs that were forming their heart on the way to the temple. These are the songs that were forming their heart when they were at the temple. And these are the songs that are still forming their heart on their way home from the temple. I mean, these are, these are songs that are forming and shaping these pilgrims in ancient Israel. Can you feel just how much it might mean to them? This little collection of songs, this little playlist. That's great. Songs of Ascents, pilgrims singing. Why do we care? We're not pilgrims. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. Christ is risen. The, the curtain is torn. We don't have to go to the temple three times every year. And we don't have to ascend to the temple. What do we do that for? The Holy Spirit dwells in us. We don't have to go to the temple to be in the presence of God. True. But we're still pilgrims. You know that old hymn, Here we are, but strange pilgrims here our path is often doomed. But to cheer us on our journey, still we sing this way, sing this way, sing this way. There's something about songs that encourages you on that journey of discipleship, isn't it? That's the New Testament word for it, discipleship. But it's the same concept, isn't it? Here we sing this wayside hymn to cheer us on our journey. Absolutely. Does anybody else need encouragement on their life of discipleship and faith? <laughs> does anybody else want a deeper experience of God? Everybody does. That's what these songs are for. We may not have to make a pilgrimage all the way to Jerusalem, but hey, we're still making a pilgrimage. And I actually think we will be making a pilgrimage of discipleship for the rest of eternity, not just the rest of this life, because we will forever be finding deeper and deeper experiences of our God, because there is no limit to the experiences that we have in our God. He will forever be shaping and forming us more and more into who we are. Especially on the other side of eternity, where all the limitations are removed. Can you imagine it? But you want to go ahead and get started now, don't you? Aren't you eager to get started? So I went to Memphis. Uh, Mary Mack and I were just talking about this. I went to Memphis a couple weeks ago, you know, for a class um, for seminary. Uh, it, it was a week-long Summer camp for adult nerds is the way I would say it. I mean, it was academic and all that, but I enjoyed it. But I got to see a bunch of people that I hadn't seen in a long time. It was wonderful. I saw people I didn't know I was going to see. But one really interesting little thing happened. So I got to meet my friend Deontay. And I knew Deontay, but I didn't know Deontay. Here's what I mean. I've been in several classes with Deontay so far, but I've only ever seen him on Zoom. I've never seen like his lower half. I didn't know he had feet. I, you know, he could have been—he could have been in a wheelchair. I don't know. I don't want to make assumptions. But I walked into the room, the classroom, and there's Deontay. He said, "Huh, that's what you look like. <laughs> that's, that's what you look like." And, and we embraced. We knew each other, but we didn't know each other. We'd had conversations, but but it was different. There was a little bit of a limitation, but we had already started prepping for that time that we finally got to meet. Um, we're already prepping for the, for the meeting, aren't we? And there's a day when all those limitations are going to be removed. We're on that discipleship journey. And we're ready for the day when we don't have to use the Zoom screen. When we don't see through a mirror dimly, as Paul would say. But that we can embrace 
We'll know each other, but we'll know each other all the more to actually inhabit the same space, to look each other in the eye, be like Moses, and talk to God face to face. Can you imagine? Oh. And that's what we're doing. We're starting a discipleship journey. These are the songs that nurture our faith and shape us and form us into who we are like nothing else can. There is a uh, quote by the great theologian and atheist philosopher Frederick Nietzsche. Did you catch that? <laughs> and he said, the only essential thing in heaven and earth is this, that there should be a long obedience in the same direction. For an atheist philosopher, that's pretty good. A long obedience in the same direction. We have a word for that. It's called discipleship. That's what it is. It's a pilgrimage. It's a journey. It's an adventure, even. It's a long obedience in the same direction. Or, if we can paraphrase it slightly, it is a long playlist to the same tune, to the tune of salvation. We're going to spend, yes we are, we're going to spend 15 weeks in the Psalms of Ascents. We're going to go through each one of them one by one. Next week we'll start with Psalm 120, and after that we'll go to Psalm 121. But along the way, we're going to form our hearts. And as you flip through these, and I encourage you to flip through them and look at them as you can, You'll notice these songs, some of them are like glorious, like praise Yahweh in the house of the Lord. And then some of them are like, yeah, time to change the diapers again. <laughs> like if you read some of them, they're, they're about just domestic life. Um, Psalm 127, for example, I will, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And at first you're like, oh, that's so poetic and beautiful. But then it goes into it and it's like, no, like... Uh, sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb. Happy is the man who has a bunch of kids. Amen, end of song. And you're like, what? Oh, but I'm sure discipleship could never be formed in the midst of family. Right? God is ready to form us into his disciples in every sphere of life, and he is ready for his presence to invade every sphere of our life so that we can become his disciples. So that one day... When the zoom screen's down and all the limitations are removed, <laughs> we'll already recognize him in all those places because he's been there all along. Mm -hmm. oh, it's going to be a good journey. We're going to get bogged down at several points, just like any good road trip. We'll blow a tire, have to put on the donut. You know, we'll figure it out. We'll get there. But that's okay because we are making a long obedience in the same direction. We're making a discipleship journey. Do you notice in that text from Mark 10? And I snuck Mark in there. You're welcome. Did you notice in that text in Mark 10, Jesus is heading, where is Jesus heading in that text? Did you notice? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. What's he heading to Jerusalem for, by the way? Do you remember? Festival. Festival. Passover, specifically. Do you know what songs they sing as they're ascending to Jerusalem? <laughs> songs of ascents. And do you notice what the disciples' reaction was? They followed him in fear and trembling. And we do too. We follow Jesus in fear and trembling, but we're not going to Jerusalem. We're going to the new Jerusalem. We're going to the new heavens and the new earth, and we are making this discipleship journey, and he is taking us all the way there, but we follow in fear and trembling, and we're singing as we go. And there's a playlist for that. In a world where listening is everything, according to Spotify, there's a playlist for that. And there's a playlist for our discipleship tucked away in our Bible in Israel's old hymnal that we call the Book of Psalms. It's called the Psalms of Ascents, or as I like to call it, the Pilgrim Playlist. These are the songs for the pilgrims. If you are what you listen to, and I think we are, and if you want to be on your way to God, then I've got the playlist for you. 
It's Psalms 120 through 134. Go ahead and dive in. Get excited. It's the pilgrimage playlist. This is the road trip playlist that God made just for you as you journey to the new heavens and new earth. It's amazing. So go ahead, grab a pair of earbuds and get ready. Because we are making a glorious adventure, a grand journey, a road trip with God. My friends, we are going to God. Thanks for listening to the Text and Context podcast. If you're interested in some other great content, then you can go over to my website. It's txtandcontxt.com. It's text and context without E's in it. So again, that's txtandcontxt.com. Head on over there and check out a bunch of free resources and plenty of articles about a wide range of topics, as well as book reviews and plenty more. Thank you for listening.